Welcome to Blurred United. Whoever you are, wherever and whenever you may be listening, thanks for making us part of your day. I'm Disa, as ever with Yazzie, and we are just a blurred couple navigating our way through all these geek fandoms and uniting them for your consumption. Oh boy, oh boy, it's been a bit of a short week. We know we revealed the last episode a little bit later than we'd like. This one is coming out today. It should be Thursday, the 4th of April. And uh, boy, oh boy, do we have a packed show for you today. We are, uh, we've got some stuff to talk about in the news, obviously. We've got our question of the week. We asked uh, on the uh, Facebook and Instagram pages, as well as uh, a new section where we look forward into the month that is coming and uh, just try and discern what it is we're excited about and um, in terms of cinema. Um, we may expand that a little bit later and talk about uh, what we're excited about in terms of TV. But for now, we're going to keep it to movies. Uh, much easier to talk about movies and series because, hell, we, we could change our minds at any second about what we're actually interested in, in terms of series, right? Um, but first and foremost, let's get right into some news. Okay, so uh, Captain Marvel... Okay, yeah, we start off with some Marvel news. So uh, Captain Marvel has officially crossed the $1 billion mark. Now, we jumped the gun a couple of weeks ago and said that it uh, had crossed the billion dollar mark a little bit ago, but uh, we were just anticipating. It took a little bit longer than we thought it would to cross that uh, hallowed mark. And it is uh, only the 10th movie to cross that mark in... um, 10th uh, comic book movie to cross that mark, uh, making it one of the most successful comic book movies of all time. There's no other way of putting it. Not just comic book movies, but movies of all time at the box office. Um, this is uh, in stark contrast to its Rotten Tomatoes rating, which puts it at like something like 50-something percent or whatever. Look, I personally never understood the enmity toward this movie that people had. Um, I watched it. And I watched it again, actually. And it's funny. It works. The action sequences work. The CGI works. The comedy works. Uh, the things you're supposed to love, you love. Um, do I think it's the greatest uh, MCU origin story? No, it's not. I think I covered that a couple weeks ago. I don't think it is. I think it's one of the weaker ones, actually. But these origin stories are kind of strong. I was talking about it with somebody today, and I, in my opinion, maybe this should be the Friday Five. Um, in my opinion, the five, the, the, the number one origin story in the MCU has got to go to Iron Man, right? So we got Iron Man at number one. Um, behind that, I know a lot of people are going to be thinking, oh, yeah, you're obviously going to say like Captain America. But I'm no, I'm not. Number two origin story for my money is actually Ant-Man. And we will talk about that sometime later. But it's actually Ant-Man. Number three would be Captain America, the first Avenger. Um, Then after that, it's actually... It's I I, I want to look. I struggle with this because it wasn't an actual origins movie, um, but I actually liked Incredible Hulk. The Incredible Hulk for me was it's an MCU movie. Hey, don't forget that. Don't forget it's an MCU movie, just like all the others. Okay, um, the one with Ed Norton. It's uh, it's not really an origin story, so I'm not going to include it in here. But if I was, if if we did put it as an origin story, I'm putting it right there. It's number uh, what is that? Th- four. 
is number four. And then comes Captain America. Yes, I goddamn said it. Then, sorry, the, the Captain Marvel. I said it. Captain Marvel. Because I think the Captain Marvel was better than Thor. That's me. That's me. You can shoot me in the head if you want. I don't know. Shoot me. Give me all sorts of crap on Instagram. Actually, you know what? I'm going to do a little graphic for this. The five best origin movies. This is going to be our Friday Five. So, yeah. There you go. That's the order. It's, it's Iron Man. Ant-Man. Then it's Captain America. Then it's... Then it's... Uh, what do you call it? <laughs> Sorry. Then it's the Incredible Hulk. Captain Marvel. And then we get into... Uh, Thor. That's that's it for me. Thor is the worst one of them. Mind you, I like all these movies. But anyway, let's move on with more Marvel news. Um, David Harbour of uh, Hellboy fame has just been cast in the Black Widow movie in an undisclosed role. Now, we already know that Taskmaster is the bad guy for this movie. Now, could David Harbour be playing Taskmaster? We all know that he got into some ridiculous donkulous shape for Hellboy. So if he's if he's in that kind of shape, why not just carry it on and then be Taskmaster? Taskmaster, for all of you who don't know, is the villain who can copy anybody's fighting style and use it against them almost instantaneously. Now, if David Harbour is doing that, then, you know, all of a sudden this Black Widow movie with its uh, already burgeoning cast looks pretty good. I'm 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 getting excited about this, but of, of course David Harbour is going to first appear this later on this month in Hellboy, and then he's going to appear um, in fourth in the on the fourth of July for uh, oh, what do you call it, Stranger Things, but um, he's got a he's he's get, becoming a busy busy man. Um, uh, moving right along, we got some X Men news. Okay, so Dark Phoenix is going to officially end the X-Men series for Fox. Yes, it is over, people. We don't have to worry about it any longer. The X-Men movies are finally coming to an end, marking the end of nearly 20 years of filmmaking within this particular universe. I gotta say, like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do a bit of a special on that, come the end of it and I'm going to I'm going to go through my memories of the X-Men movies. In fact, I'm going to watch them all in anticipation of that. Um in order, in order. Uh, just so then I can I can really put into context what these movies have meant and why it is that I am happy that they're over. Um the Dark Phoenix uh, movie is going to end the X-Men series and you know, in many ways, I'm happy about that, but I'm also a little bit sad because I think that there's a lot of un—it's uh, underdeveloped potential. But you know, I'm gonna hold off on that final, uh, you know, rating until such time as I've seen Dark Phoenix. Um, sticking with Dark Phoenix and the director saying that this is the end of it. Well, we know that there's another X-Men movie that's supposed to come out later on this year called New Mutants, and they seem to have forgotten that as they talk about the end of the X-Men universe. Because, I mean, unless New Mutants, you're telling us, is coming out after X-Men, but it happens before or concurrently, I, I don't know. Look, New Mutants shouldn't be getting made anyway. I've argued against this movie from the start. You can quote me on that shit. Um, New Mutants should not be coming out. I think that it's it should have been a straight-to-streaming sort of effort, um, and then you pick it up and see if you want to expand it into a cinematic universe. Don't go the other way around. Um, but that's just me. 
look, it's coming out later on this year. It's gonna be a it's gonna be a steaming turd pile, and that's just my re- review on it, um, pre-review on it. I don't think anyone's excited to see New Mutants, and uh, nor should they be. But uh, yeah, Dark Phoenix, end of the X Men universe, and um, hopefully it's going to be an epic outro to the X Men universe. Um, we're gonna go right into some Avengers news, okay? So, Avengers Endgame is coming out later on this month, and this this series is just continues to break records. It doesn't seem to matter whether or not the movie's actually out. It doesn't seem to matter because it's breaking records. Fandango, it literally shut down Fandango. It shut it down. Like, people could not buy tickets because other people were buying tickets so fast. Um, it's opened up a certain black market on eBay where tickets are already selling for over $5,000. $5,000 for a ticket to Avengers Endgame. I mean, I want to see this movie, but I'm willing to wait a couple of days. I don't need to see it opening night. You know what I mean? I mean, I want to see opening night, and I'm probably going to get the chance to because, you know, Africa being Africa, I'm going to just be able to do that. But, man, $5,000 is $5,000 goddamn dollars. You know what I mean? That's a lot of money, man. Um, but anyway, um, the record is breaking. It's Fandango's fastest-selling movie over 24 hours. Um, obvious, uh, obviously the highest-selling movie over 24 hours. It is the highest-selling movie so far. It's broken the pre-sale record for any MCU movie. It is on track at present. If these pre-sales are, are any indication of anything, it is on track. Obviously, it's going to clear a billion dollars, but it is currently on track to clear $2 billion. It's estimated that this movie could be the largest grossing movie of all time, beating both in the U.S. box office and worldwide gross. It's probably going to end up being the largest grossing movie of all time. Get ready for some records to be shattered this year, people. Um, Sticking with Avengers, apparently... Avengers Endgame will be the final Stan Lee cameo in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, everybody knows that the Marvel Cinematic Universe has had a crap ton of Stan Lee cameos. He's been starring in them since the beginning. Even the X-Men Universe, he's been in that, um, all in every single one of them. And it's, um, it's going gonna, it's, it's gonna to prove to be quite an emotional turn when... It's actually over. Um, I know that right at the right at the start of Captain Marvel, I I I shed a tear. I I I broke down right at the start of it when I saw that Stanley. Um, oh gosh, I'm thinking about it now. Um, when when they when they did his the tribute at the start of Captain uh, Marvel, uh, I got really emotional. I shed a tear. I'm not gonna lie about that. Um, and. Seeing as how this is going to be his last one uh, in Avengers, it, it 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 depends on your point of view on this. Look, I think that if you had to look at all of his works, uh, I'm not talking about for me as a as a geek or whatever, but if you're just a, the layman, his most the works that he's most known for being a part of is probably Spider Man. And the X Men. These are probably his two most famous works. Um, overall, overall, I think everybody now knows that he he he's the one who came up with 
uh, Iron Man, and he's the one who came up with Thor, and he's the one who came up with uh, uh, the Hulk, and he he didn't come up with Captain America, but he's the most famous writer of Captain America. Um, but and so he has a he has a clear print on all of the Avengers, no doubt about that. But I would still say that his most famous individual work, and his maybe mo- maybe even his most important work, is, is Spider Man and the X-Men. X-Men is probably his most important work, while Spider-Man is his most popular work. And in that respect, it would, it, for me, it would have been way more, it would be very impactful if there was a Spider-Man, if he was a, if there was a cameo of Stan Lee in, in Spider-Man. Sorry, if there was a Stan Lee cameo in Spider-Man. <laughs> If there was a Stanley cameo in Spider-Man. Obviously, you can't fake this sort of stuff, right? But um, I hope that it is in Spider-Man, and I hope they're just joshing us. Um, uh, If it's not, then if he's not in Spider-Man, and that is true, then I'm kind of on board with the the idea of having Deadpool, now that he's part of the universe, uh, Deadpool appear... As a take over the cameo role, and we all know, major geeks know that Stan, uh, Deadpool, and Spider Man have a rather particular relationship, and um, I think that that would be a great intro, just to have Deadpool there in that movie and falling in love with Spider Man. Make make it the first time he sees Spider Man is like, oh my god. <sighs> And maybe do his laundry or something when he gets back. Like just I don't know. He's folding, he's folding, he's folding Peter Parker's laundry when he enters the room again. He's like, um, "Who are you?" Oh, I'm, I'm Deadpool. You know, have one of those kind of things. I don't know. You tell us what you think. Um, okay, yeah, I think that's the end of the Marvel news. Okay, we have some. We got some video game news. Uh, remember Skyrim Granny? Yeah, Skyrim Granny. She's the uh, wonderful lady who has logged. Hundreds of hundreds and hundreds of hours on Skyrim. Um, well, the Bethesda uh, have taken note, and they love her. We all love her. Um, anyone's grand who plays Skyrim, I, I gotta say, I love you. And they are immortalizing her in the Elder Scrolls Six, um, the upcoming sequel to the Skyrim, very popular Skyrim game. Uh, no word yet on how they're immortalizing her, but she will be an NPC. I wonder if she's going to be a playable NP- uh, an NPC who goes on an adventure with you, or she's just going to be an innkeeper somewhere, or maybe even a queen, or uh, you know, a thane, or something like that. That would be that would be epic. I would love to see that. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I like that. I like the idea of immortalizing your most popular, well-known fans. I think that that's that's something Bethesda are doing here that I think could be really could be really great. Um, obviously, oh yeah, that's what uh, that's what that's what happened in um, in Marvel. Marvel did exactly the same thing with with uh, uh, what's his name um, uh, with, with Morat's director Kevin Smith. Yeah, they did exactly the same thing and uh, immortalized him in that movie. They said that look, Kevin Smith exists in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. There was a little nod to one of their most popular fans, and, you know, it obviously left him a bubbling mess of tears. Um, and long may that continue. I like the idea of your most popular, biggest fan getting recognized in some manner by major studios. This is, 
it's sort of like uh, you, you know the man's Chinese theater, how they get their hands in the thing and hands and feet immortalized in front. That's kind of like what they're doing here. And I think that more video game companies and movie companies and TV series are going to start doing things like that. And um, yeah, um, that's a, that's something that like Skyrim, uh, sorry Bethesda have done. And you know, kudos to them for that. Um, last little bit of news coming out of the anime world, and that is that Aki- about Akira. Uh, Akira is the, obviously the nineteen, I think it was nineteen late eighties or early nineties anime. One of the one of the most popular animes of all time. It is um, it is well it is well let me say established or well received as the reason why anime took hold in the western world it was one of the most popular first animes anime movies that uh, shook up the landscape and made western audiences open their eyes and say you know what anime is for real um i don't know that it wasn't the first anime for me personally I was always a bit of a Robotech fan, and Robotech is the one that opened my eyes to the world of anime, but for a lot of people, Akira is the one. And, well, the live-action movie has been mooted for a long time, and um, we got some news out of there that Leonardo DiCaprio, of all people, is going to produce the movie um, is going to be one of the producers of Akira and not star in it. He, he, he saw what happened to his uh, fellow Oscar winner over there, Scarlett Johansson, and, and, doing, and doing Ghost in the Shell. He's like, mm, I, I ain't trying to get messed up like that. Mm, fuck that. Mm, no thanks. <laughs> He's just going to produce this time. And uh, Taika Waititi of Thor Ragnarok fame, um, and soon to be of Star Wars fame as well. He's directing a couple episodes of The Mandalorian, as we all know. Um, Taika Waititi, acclaimed director of Thor Ragnarok, will direct Akira. That actually, I don't know. It's not really in his wheelhouse. Akira is not really the most funny movie ever. And if there's one thing that's important about Taika is humor is a core component of his directorial style. So, I mean, we'll see. We'll see how it happens. We'll see. I don't know if it's going to work or not, but I, I, look, look I'm, I'm, in, I'm intrigued more than anything about this team-up. I didn't even know they knew each other, but I'm intrigued by this team-up. I'm intrigued by Taika taking over. He's a very visual film t- filmmaker, so we'll see how it turns out. As more news comes in and more casting news, we'll keep you apprised of that. And, um, yeah, I think, if I'm not mistaken... Yeah, that is all of the news. Um, So, yeah, we're going to go into a bit of a musical break right now, and then we're going to come back, and then we're going to uh, discuss something else. I think we're going to go into the question of the week, but, uh, yeah, actually, yes, 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 yes. Question of the week coming up after this musical break. Uh, We'll catch you on the flip side. Don't make a sound. 2 a.m. love, gotta keep it down. Don't wait around for a signal now. Give me some verb, I ain't talking now. You wanna ride in the six? You wanna dine in the six? But when I lean for the kiss, you said I'll probably send you some bits. And I'm like, hell nah, been waiting too long. Hell nah, I want that cruel love. Hell nah, been waiting too long. Hell nah. I 
want that cruel love Body on my Losing all my innocence yeah. Body on my Finding all my innocence yeah. Body on my Losing all my innocence yeah. Body on my Finding all my innocence yeah. Body on my back to the show i just wanted you to remember our rule of thumb here good geeks don't let geeks geek alone so come over to our facebook group just search for blurs united and talk to other geeks just like yourself who are interested in all the stuff you're into and then some you might just pick up some new stuff to geek out about who knows and don't forget to um, invite your friends once you're in all right now back to whatever we were droning on about Okay, welcome back, Blurs. Welcome, welcome back. Okay, so uh, in what is now uh, the second week of uh, one of our main sections um, is the question of the week. Yes, question of the week time. So this week uh, we got some our questionnaires to devise another question for us to discuss. It's already been discussed on social media on our on our. Uh, on our Facebook group, it's been discussed on the Facebook page, it's been discussed on Instagram, um, as well as in DMs um, from on Instagram and Facebook, obviously. Um, and the question was, where does the Avengers series rank in terms of all-time cinematic achievement? Okay, this is a very dense question, so I needed to unpack it first and foremost. I think that the key with this is to make sure that if we are going to discuss all-time cinematic achievement, we need to compare oranges with oranges. We can't compare oranges with apples. Um, this is to say that in discussing the Avengers series, I wanted to look at 
other series of movies that were fed by purely cine other cinematic movies and where there were as there were no um there were no reboots there were no cinematic reboots um there are there are a couple exceptions here um there are a couple exceptions here that I that that I did allow back into it, and I will explain that in a little bit. Um, so, but some notable exceptions from this. Some people are immediately going to say, immediately said, James Bond. James Bond is one of those, and I'm like, no, I excluded James Bond from this in my mind for the simple reason that James Bond has been rebooted multiple times i mean it's one of those a wink wink yeah this is all one universe and it's all happened before but it's not really has it is it like the, the, we've had what is it five or six james bond so far and it's not telling one continuous story it's so back and forth we all just accept that it's the same character i mean it's not the character hasn't changed but the universe has changed so much over six sixty years odd that you can't really look at it as one continuous universe. And that's what we want to look at it as. Um, so when we're talking about all-time cinematic achievement, I wanted to really look at what was attempted and what was achieved um, by it, by the cinematic universe, okay? And sometimes what you sought to achieve was just make a good movie, right? Or sometimes what you sought to achieve was, yeah, well, yeah, just to make a good movie. But at the same time, then you, you, you do something else. Um, you, you achieve something else that like you just didn't intend on achieving, but it's part of what you achieved. Um, look, some people are, some people, you know, the mathletes amongst us, nerds, um, us blurs, <laughs> the mathletes amongst the blurred community immediately said money. Let's just, it's gotta just be money. And I'm like, Money's important, right? But it's not the only way of judging it. Because as you'll find out in when I, as I, we discuss this, it's some of these things, you can't quantify how important they are or they're the achievement without, by money because they haven't made as much money. But you're not going to argue that it, they have not... That they, that they haven't affected anything, or they're not at a cinematic achievement of any sort, you know? Or that the ones that have made lots of money have achieved less. Um, I don't know. Um, sorry, I just had to take a little bit of a break there. Um, so yeah, um, in terms of money, um, yeah, some of these haven't made as much money, but their impact is huge. And so money isn't the only way to look at this, right? So yeah, achievement is about what you set out to do and how well you achieved it. And money, while not being the most important part, is a part of it. So let's look at the money, okay? And uh, from lowest grossing, lowest to highest grossing, okay? These are the, uh, let me give them a count, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. These are the nine movies that uh, movie franchises that I thought were the closest comparison to the MCU, uh, uh, Infinity, uh, Infinity uh, Crisis or whatever the Infinity Saga. That's what, I think that's what uh, 
that's what uh, Kevin Feige described it as, the Infinity Saga. Right? So Star Trek, right? Number of installments, nine installments. Unadjusted gross, unadjusted, is $1.07 billion. And all of these were just unadjusted, right? These were all unadjusted grosses. I uh, didn't want to do the math. Uh, I could have gone to one of those places that adjust the grosses to today's money, but yeah, I didn't. So yeah. And so and I think Star Trek would have gone higher if it had gone for adjusted gross. I think it would have really gone much higher, as would some several of these. But we're just going to use these unadjusted grosses. So yeah, nine. It grossed one point oh seven billion dollars in cinema. Right? That's not very much money. It's really not. And if you actually look at the amount of money that that means gross per installment, from nine movies, grossing. A hun- one point seven billion. That's about a hundred and eighteen million dollars per movie. That's pretty good in terms of, it, for in for on the nineteen nineties point of view. But that's not really great when you compare it to some of the other heavyweights in this. Um, but this, yeah, we'll discuss it in a second. Why? Wh- again, Star Star Trek is one of those that I was like cinematic achievement. You can't just look at money for its cinematic achievement. But at the same time, it's, an, it's a factor. Next one was Fast and the Furious. Look, the Fast and the Furious saga, say what you will about it. What they have done was create their own shared universe with eight movies so far. Another one is set to come out, you know, Hobbs and Shaw, the, first spin, the second spin-off movie um, in the saga, following on from Tokyo Drift, I think, was the first attempt at a uh, spin-off um, from the, in the Fast and the Furious saga. But, yeah, so far they have grossed $5 billion worldwide with an, a gross per installment of just over $650 million-ish per movie. That's huge. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. That means every single time they go to they go to at bat, they've got to bring in at least six hundred and fifty million dollars. That's a lot of pressure on the Sean Hobbs, but you know that's them's is, them's is the apples, man. You know what I mean? Now let's look at the other one, Twilight. Yes, I included Twilight in this. Look, it is a genre movie of its own type. It is one of the few. It's the most different of these movies, I would probably say, in that it is not really a horror movie. It's more of a romance. It's not horror, it's not really, it's a bit horror, it's a bit uh, fantasy, it's a bit romance. Um, it combines a lot of different genres, but look, it had four movies, it grossed $3.3 billion total worldwide unadjusted gross, with a gross per installment of $825 million per. That is enormous. And its achievements, we will discuss in a second. Uh, but it ha- it has achievements that are kind of unique and and changed the way that paved the way for a lot of things that happened uh, as far as movie making and how they advertised movies and how they used uh, used things marketed movies right now the next one in it is the MCU with twenty two movies and an estimated total worldwide gross at just over twenty one billion dollars. It has a gross per installment of $954 million per. That's a shit ton of money. That means every single MCU movie, it's kind of below average if it brought in less than $950 million worldwide. 
it, they all kind of have to bring in in and around that m- amount of money now. And we know that with the next movie coming up, it, that's going to go higher. It's And so it's going to redefine like what a successful MCU movie is in a couple weeks, I think, anyway. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll, we're, we're going to talk about the MCU, right? Um, Harry Potter's next with eight movies at an estimated worldwide gross of $7.7 billion. That puts its gross per at 962-ish million dollars per movie. Those movies made bank, dog. Bank. Um, And it's probably, it's not the most successful cinematic adaptation from a book on this list, but it's it's pretty friggin' close. Because, but... The most successful, obviously, is Lord of the Rings. It made less; it had less movies in it at six, but grossed five point eight billion dollars. And thanks to the power of math, it grossed uh, has a gross per movie of nine hundred sixty-six million dollars per movie worldwide gross. Very successful saga, and one of the greatest cinematic achievements of all time. Obviously, uh, Jurassic Park comes in next. With five movies grossing four point nine billion, I think that this is going to shoot up the rankings a little bit. It could outdo Star Wars after the end of the next movie if it grosses another billion plus. Um, but yeah, um, Star Wars is next, obviously. But uh, Jurassic Park gross per installment is nine hundred ninety-eight million dollars uh, per movie, and Star Wars comes in next. Look, Star Wars has wait. I think I got the math wrong here. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Okay. Anyway, nine installments. Uh, sorry, it's ten installments of Star Wars. Uh, let me just uh, get the... Yeah, I made a little bit of a goof. Okay. But Star Wars is actually... Uh, on this list, it would actually have been fourth, behind just behind the MCU, at grossing $9.23 billion unadjusted gross from 10 movies, not nine. I had added nine. I forgot all about Solo. I think a lot of people have forgotten all about Solo, or they want to forget all about Solo. Um, <laughs> but more so, I think they want to forget about The Last Jedi. Okay, um, and the number one movie from just one movie. Just one movie is Avatar, with a worldwide gross of $2.7 billion, which puts its to- gross per installment at $2.7 billion. And um, that puts a lot of pressure on the next couple of movies, right? We know that there are four more coming uh, in next year and the year after that. So, you know, a lot of pressure on the shoulders of, of James Cameron there. Um, okay, now we've talked about the money. We know the, these movies all made money. But let's talk about objective. Let's talk about objective, okay? Um, because I would argue that from conception or a reimagining after the first initial buzz, that very few of these were actually seen as let's make a universe. Um, I would say the MCU from conception was always seen as a universe, and the Avengers series is always seen as one shared universe. That's that's obviously the gold standard of it, right? Um, Twilight was obviously seen as one universe. It's one world. Um, they didn't really try and do anything else. Star Trek is was always seen as one universe, but they just kept on adding components to it 
more like they made sequel movies based off of TV shows, and then they tried to they, they went along those lines. Um, by the way, Star Trek's worldwide gross does not include the J.J. Abrams movies. Uh, so that 1.07 billion I talked about does not include the JJ movies. Okay, so um, Star Wars always seen as one shared universe. Jurassic Park, I would say that the first three were a shared universe, and then they made they started making three more sequels within that universe. Still qualifies. Lord of the Rings, from conception, one universe, six books. Uh, sorry, six movies from four books, one shared universe. Plain and simple. Harry Potter, one shared universe. Even though Harry Potter, I, I man, I'm, I'm just oh, I just use the eight movies, mind you, from the from the books. I just 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 the eight movies, not the um, what do you call it? Not the uh, you know Scalamander or whatever uh, books over there um, movies. Uh, no, I'm not including that in there. Um, I could, and it would probably change the change the ratings. But I wanted to say it's the title character Harry Potter, so I'm going to use Harry Potter. Okay. So let's talk about this in terms of what they tried to do and versus the achievement. I would hazard a guess that if you talk to most people, they would say that the biggest achievement on this list, if we just take MCU out, is probably somewhere between Lord of the Rings and, yeah, it's probably Lord of the Rings, Harry Potter, or Star Wars. That's what people are going to say is, the biggest achievement here. Um, Star Trek might get in there for a, for a lot of people. So I'm, but let's just talk about those ones, okay? Okay, so Harry Potter. Tons of books, tons of movies, and it made a shit ton of money at the box office, right? What an achievement. I think it's, it is the second most impressive book-to-movie format ever done in my estimation, second most, but it's only second best to Lord of the Rings. So I th actually think, whoop, get it out of there. Get it right out of there. Okay, so now we have Lord of the Rings and Jurassic Park and Star Wars and Star Trek, right? Star Trek doesn't make very much money. I've always seen it as more, I've discussed this on the show before. I've always seen Star Trek as more of a TV thing than a cinematic thing. And the, the box office gross says so it is not a cinematic property it's not very cinematic it is very uh, episodic and it is very detailed it's not there for fizz bang wow the way cinema is kind of designed you know um so star trek i gotta get it out of there so we're stuck now with lord of the Rings, jurassic park and star wars as cinematic properties to compete with the avengers series or the infinity saga okay Okay, okay, let's talk about this. Star Wars. The first six movies, and you can shoot me for this, I don't care, you can shoot me, but as far as I'm concerned, those first six movies stand toe-to-toe -to -toe with anything. They, they're just as good as Lord of the Rings, as telling one continuous story that is, is, is attempted to be a franchise, it's kind of singular. Um, it, 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 you can see the level of detail, what was attempted from like telling, let's tell a three episodes arc and then we need to go backwards and tell that arc. And then, um, you know, if you look at the first, if you look at episode one through three as one continuous story, it works. It really does work. And it, 
episode three, it all comes down to that last 30 minutes or so where Yoda and, and the Emperor are fighting and uh, Anakin and Obi-Wan are fighting and then that line, you know, you were my brother, Anakin, and all that stuff. And it, it's so emotional and you really feel it come the end of it. And it is a great achievement. How does it rank next to Lord of the Rings? I think geeks worldwide are going to debate that for a very long time. Lord of the Rings is different, though. It, 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 they didn't try and make these movies over the course of, of like 20, 30 years, 40 years. You know, they didn't try and make these movies over the course of 40, 50 years. They just tried to make these movies now. Let's make, let's make three movies right now. And in that respect, it's kind of more, it's, it's more impressive in a way than Star Wars. Star Wars' achievement is that they managed to keep up with the one story and tell it with all this detail over the course of 40 years and be able to make all this money and tell one continuous story. But that's, if you ask any filmmaker, any, any storyteller, if you ask them, like, okay, what's harder, telling one story uh, over the course of, like, you know, 40 years or just tell, or making one story and then hoping that it works as told over the course of, like, three years, they tell you, yeah, obviously the three-year project is harder. So Star Wars is actually out of the running as far as I'm concerned, as is Jurassic Park in my view because Jurassic Park is three movies that were not really seen to be three movies. They just made a bunch of sequels that worked and then they're, now they're making this story over here and it's like, yeah, okay. They made these, 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 they made these sequels and this is, this is the first time they're trying to tell a three-movie story but it's not really one story. They're trying to tell something else. So, in my estimation, Lord of the Rings is number two. Jurassic Park is out already. It's, it's, it's prejudged to be out. It doesn't meet the requirements. It made a lot of money, but it's not one of the greatest cinematic achievements. It's out of the running, I'd say. And in fact, it's behind Twilight, who I'm going to give this one an honorable mention. Because look, Star Twilight came out in 2009. The first Star Twilight movie came out. And it did something very, very particular that I don't think has ever really been replicated or or rather it, it laid the groundwork for how to advertise a movie. It was the first time I remember anyway that everyone had a hashtag for a movie, that there was a hashtag for a movie. It was it was a true social media event as much as being a cinematic event. And so it crossed the boundaries of just being a movie and became a cultural event. But it was a cultural event of a very particular kind because social media was very new. It was it uh, it, it it captured the imagination as Facebook reached its height, as Twitter reached its height. There was no Instagram just yet, but Facebook and Twitter were huge, and everyone's on it, and it was like a whirlwind, all going on at the same time. And then Twilight captured that, and it came out with those um, hashtag Team Edward and so on, right? It captured that, and that's how movies are advertised now. Twilight laid the groundwork for how to advertise, how to market a movie with social media being there, something that Lord of the Rings never has actually done. Lord of the Rings just decided to make movies based on the quality of the movie themselves versus how MCU have done it and say, look, we're, gonna, we're not just going to make the characters part of social the social lexicon. We're going to make the actors as well, part of the social lexicon. We're going to make this whole thing a social media event as well as being a cinematic event. And so they cross over. 
and this is where I think that Lord of the Rings is different than MCU. Now let's talk about MCU, okay? The MCU is what they've attempted to do is tell one continuous story surrounding an event. Essentially, they've, they've made a comic book, a living, breathing comic book story that has been told over 10 years. That is unlike anything we've ever seen before. It's been mooted for many, many years, right? Like, if I was going to make a movie, I was going to do it like this, right? But, like, what they've done here is, like, if you're a comic book reader, you know that they're talking about there's there's several storylines that have been talked about for years. Things like the Age of Ultron. There's the um, Age of Apocalypse. There's the Onslaught Saga. There is Secret Wars. There's the Infinity Saga. And they, they contain stories that go over the course of like 30, 40 books sometimes. Maybe as much as 50 in some cases. Um, they tell one continuous story of the case of 50 books and with multiple characters, dozens of characters sometimes. And that's what the MCU has attempted to do here. And they've succeeded. They've done. They've literally put a comic book on the silver screen. That's what they've done. They've, they've, they've transported, they've, they've lived the dream. They've, they've done the impossible and said, they, they've literally transited a comic book onto the silver screen and showed you this is how to do it. This is how to make a comic book come alive for the audience. And in that respect, over because it has over 22, char- 22 movies, over 22 movies, with dozens of characters, dozens of storylines, dozens of directors, dozens of, uh, so many directors, so many writers, so many producers, so many actors, all this stuff, over the course of 11 years now, I have to think that it's put it over the top of Lord of the Rings. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's outstripped Lord of the Rings. I really do. I think that Lord of the Rings is a singular achievement. They, what they did was make three movies over the course of 18 months first time, right? Lord of the Rings. They, they, they shot them over the course of 18 months, and then they released them over three years. So it was like a, uh, let's call it a five-year project, right? Five years, let's do this. Lord of, MCU said, okay, we see your five years. We're going to double it, and we're going to like quadruple how many movies you're going to make. You know, we're going to make multiply that by four times as many movies. We're going to gross way more than you. And we're going to make and, and we're going to market it like the way Twilight did. It's a mix of all of these things. They decided to do make movies in a very different way. You know, transporting a comic book onto the silver screen while at the same time marketing it like it's a, a, a teenage social media event while also telling one cohesive storyline that arcs over multiple characters and all that. And sorry, I just look at it and I got to tell you that the MCU, the Avengers series, the the Infinity Saga, whatever you want to call it, in my estimation, is the greatest cinematic achievement of all time. And if there's any justice, it's going to get itself an Oscar. I know that the Oscars now are going to include... best popular movie and it's got to win one of them it's got to be best popular movie or best movie it's got to be one of them because i'm sorry if it if avengers endgame doesn't win anything it's bullshit man and you know i don't curse very fucking much but i'll be upset if it doesn't win a goddamn thing anyway that's my feeling on it tell us what you think about it right in and tell us that's what i said avengers greatest cinematic achievement of all time
Hey guys, and welcome back for the last little bit. This one is going to be short, I promise, I promise. It won't go much over like five to six minutes. Um, what we're doing right now is we are, it's a new section that's only happening once a month. Uh, it's going to happen at the start of every single month, and we're looking forward to the month ahead. Uh, some movies have already come. Uh, movies are coming out every single week. Um, this week, it this month though, there's some really, really big ones. As we know, uh, we don't need to mention them all, but I will. Um, what do we have in the month of April to look forward to? We're looking purely cinematically, though. An honorable mention will be made for uh, something. Uh, you'll see. Uh, first up, we have Shazam. Now, this movie has already opened um, in some in limited release. I think in Asia it opened already last week. Um, it's already been really, really well received. In, and I'm looking forward to it. Look, every, I've, I've been on this and I've said it many, 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 many times. I think Shazam is conceptually the most perfect idea for a superhero. Like, you can't imagine a better concept for a superhero like than Shazam. Yes, there is Superman, you know, uh, alien from another planet. Uh, there's Batman, uh, you know, the man who built himself into being the equal of gods. We have uh, Wonder Woman, you know, she completes the Trinity, the DC Trinity over there as, you know, a, a, a demigod in her own right. You know, she's, she's, she's the daughter of Zeus, isn't she? Is it Zeus? Is it Zeus? No, it's Ares, 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 Ares is her dad, right? Yeah, it's Ares. Ares is her dad? Uh, anyway, whatever you get, what I'm saying. She's a, she's a demigod, right? And uh, looking for, and then you look at like uh, Marvel. They've got Captain America. He's he's a so super soldier. You got Iron Man, the man who built himself. Um, you you got Spider Man, bitten by a radioactive spider, and learned the lessons of life from his uncle Ben, who died in in something that he could have prevent his he could have prevented, and he learned a life lesson and all that crap. But look, there's nothing better. Than Shazam, in my opinion, anyway. Shazam is the perfect superhero, a perfect idea for a superhero. Because in if you're gonna tell a story, if you're gonna tell a story, it it's it's the best thing to do. What you need is a lens. You need a character who is a lens into the story, right? Like that's what all film all movie makers do. They create a character who is a lens, who is who is us, who is coming in at the start of something, who is, we're going to watch the movie or watch the thing through their eyes um, from or from when they decide, enter the, the picture. And that's Shazam because he is us. He is, but he's not just us. He is 12-year-old us. He is the us who is a kid and enters the world and with bright eyes and says he wants to be a superhero the same way we did when we were 12 and then he transforms he says one word a magic word magic a magic word and then he becomes a superhero it is perfect like i couldn't even imagine tell, uh, creating a better idea for a superhero it's it's perfect he's us he's all of us he's the child in us and then he becomes a superhero and then when it's all done he says another magic. He says the word again, and then he goes and crawls back into bed, nice, safe, and sound. Nobody knows who he is as Billy Batson, and no one would ever guess it's him. Like, come on. That's so good. And he, the character actually watches, sees the world and through the kid's eyes, even though he's got the strength of everything, strength of Zeus and the 
sorry, the power of Zeus, the strength of Hercules, the wisdom of Solomon, and etc., etc. He's still a kid at heart, and he, he has such an enthusiasm that is infectious that uh, unlike all the other characters in, in most of comics, you know, he, he's, he loves doing what he's doing. And he, he learns the responsibilities along the way. But whatever, you know, Shazam for me is just perfect. I, I love Shazam. I'm going to watch this movie. Um, maybe not tomorrow, but before the next podcast, I'll have watched the movie. I'm going in on Monday, I believe, to go watch it. Um, what else is coming out this month? Um, Pet Cemetery. Um, yeah, the reboot, I believe it is, of the uh, saga, of the old uh, thing, uh, with pets coming back to life and killing people. I'm not going to watch this in cinema. I think uh, this is definitely something you wait for streaming on or DVD in old currency. It, it, w- it was never really the best horror franchise to begin with. So, yeah, definitely waiting on that. Then we got Hellboy. Okay, Hellboy, the the, the David Harbour uh, movie, is uh, coming out later on this month. Um, crikey. This is going to be... Uh, this is going to be a hell of a month for comic book movies. Hellboy, as we know, the demon son born over here and uh, dropped off over here during World War II, I think it was. Blah, blah, blah. And uh, he fights for us against the hordes of evil. Blah, blah, blah. The gates of the guards, the gates of hell and all that stuff. All that stuff is true. Look, it's just a great ride. You get a demon, you get a muscular demon shooting shit with a big-ass gun that a normal human would... It would just take their head off or arm off or whatever. Some, some, something's leaving. Something's leaving if you, if you try to use his gun. You know what I'm saying? Like, something. Um, so, yeah, Hellboy. I'm going to watch that. I love David Harbour. I think he, 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 he has a great sense of humor while also being able to be gruff. And uh, he, he can be gruff and tough, but he also has a great sense of humor. And he's very hu- He's human. He's very human and he's very relatable. You understand his pain is one of the best aspects to a role that he brings. So I'm looking forward to that. I'll watch it the day, um, the week after, when before the podcast, obviously, because we do it on Thursdays. Um, th- one of the more interesting ones that came out was uh, The Curse of La Lorna, Lorona. Now, I'm a big fan of the horror genre, uh, generally speaking. I, don't, I know I don't talk about it very much, but I'm a big fan of the horror genre. And... Um, so I'm going to be watching this. I'll probably catch it on a matinee, probably the day after or if I get some free time, the week of Hellboy. So I'll probably be catching it then. But, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it, to be honest. Uh, as soon as it comes out, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go check that out. And I'll probably leave you guys a review. And then, of course, we have the big one. Oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. We got Avengers Endgame. Avengers Endgame. Yeah, I, I mean, enough said about this. Look, I, I watched the first two trailers, and then another one came out this week. Everyone else was super excited. I was just like, look, I, I, I don't need any more trailers. Like, legit, I, I, I watched the first one because, the first trailer that came out, because I, I just, I was craving this movie so bad. Like, I, I genuinely believe that, like, I have watched this movie in its entirety at least three dozen times since it came out. At least three dozen times. I'm not even. I'm not even BSing you here. I, I watch it like maybe once a week, maybe once a week. You know, like it's it's that good. Sorry, I'm, I'm talking about Infinity War. I watch it like once a week, and 
Endgame is coming out, and man, it can't come out soon enough. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I never needed a trailer, but I was just so desperate for something new from this universe and see which direction they were going, and that's why I watched the trailer. The second trailer, to be honest, I watched it kind of by accident. I, I was, I was, I was just cruising by a friend of mine's computer, and it was on, and I just. Started listening and I was like, oh crap, I'm hearing it all, so I might as well watch it. I told him, rewind, let's get this done. And then so yeah, I watched it. It's it's fucking brilliant. It was fucking brilliant. I'm glad I did, you know. Um Yeah, I'm really glad I watched it. But I, I, I refuse to watch the last one. I'm not watching it, you know, they're just revealing more and more stuff. Even though I know I'm gonna watch it at the day after and see what, what the ruse I'm gonna watch all the trailers back to back to back and try to see what the Russo's left in there that or put in those trailers that like they weren't that weren't that never made the movie or how they try to misdirect us through the trailer i think they're very clever in that way um but yeah avengers endgame comes out i'm so looking forward to that man like um yeah you know you're just like the rest of us um honorable mentions in april honorable mention okay so we all know game of thrones comes back and it comes out the weekend the sunday of avengers endgame so that's that's a hell of a weekend. I'm, I'm, man, I don't know if I'm going to be able to deal with it all. Like, Avengers Endgame comes out, and then we're going to get the, the, the Lannisters need to pay their goddamn debts, and it's all happening at once, and we're one-sixth of the way through the entire saga while another saga ends, and it's just going to be really emotional, man. Like, our weekends won't belong to us for between April and, end of April and March and May. April into May is just going to be a hell of a time. And then May comes and then we're going to add a whole other set of movies that are going to come out that are going to be like so freaking awesome. This thing Spider-Man Homecoming comes out then. Sorry, not Homecoming. Um, Far From Home comes out then. And it's going to be... Oh, man. We, we, have a, we have a hell of a next couple of months coming out. So the summer blockbuster season is here, people. It is here and it is going to be badass. I'm looking forward to it. Please tell us what you're looking forward to. Um, this is the end of the podcast. Um, I've, I've, I've really enjoyed spending time with you guys. I've enjoyed uh, making this podcast. I've enjoyed talking about this stuff with you today. Um, so much to look forward to. Remember to write in about your question of, uh, about the question of the week. Write in a suggestion. Um, yeah, write in a suggestion because we're always taking suggestions on this and we're going to post it and we'll tell you. Um, we got a couple questions about when we're going to start selling merch, and which is, I found really, really weird. Um, we're only, we, we haven't even thought about setting up a website yet. Uh, I mean, we don't even know what shape a website for the podcast would take. Would it just be a straight up website? Would it just be news? Um, it probably wouldn't just be news, it would probably be. Yeah, some news, more like editorials and stuff, stuff like this, you know, uh, more videos that we draw from YouTube and stuff. Um, we got another, I got another question asking about whether or not we'd be doing video casts anytime soon. And, you know, I got to tell you, video casts are a little bit tough for us because we're, we're kind of remote, as it were. Um, I might be able to do some for myself. Um, but once we get uh, Yaz in on it more on a more regular basis, it gets a little tougher to do it. Um, but you know we're gonna try. We're gonna try and figure it out. Okay, so th th the podcast is gonna expand, and we are we are looking. We're fielding requests from other people and seeing if we can make this uh, a more than biweekly. Make this daily. I we be, we're very interested in making this a daily show. And just doing a roundup of what's going on in the world of geek and blurred. 
Um, so we're, we're, we're looking at some people. We're trying to see who's interesting to actually watch and listen to. Um, and as soon as all of that stuff is done, we will get to it. We want to do everything. You know, we want to do a Tabletop Tuesday. We want to do this news stuff. We want to do everything. We want to do the whole thing. So w- as soon as we figure out how to get it all done, we will get it done. And we will introduce it to you. This is the year of the blurred. It's the year of the blurred, people. We are going to get it all done. In the meantime, be good to each other. Be kind to each other. Love each other. We will see you on the other side. And until next time, people, keep it blurdy. Love you all.